Hello friends and fellow true crime lovers. Thank you so much for tuning in to Secrets in the Desert episode 5 entitled The Long List. I'm your host TT Jimenez. As I stated in episode 4, I will be dropping my new episodes every two weeks instead of weekly because one of my jobs is a tax analyst and this is my busiest time of year. As my business dies down, I will go back to dropping them weekly, so please bear with me moving into this new transition. The case, or cases I should say, that I will be discussing today is about the still unsolved West Mesa murders. This case is based out of Albuquerque, New Mexico. At least nine women, two teen girls, and one fetus have been found murdered, buried, and decomposed in a sort of mass grave in the West Mesa part of the city. This episode contains graphic language and content, so listener discretion is advised. As always, I will be posting all of the links and pictures pertaining to this case on the podcast social media pages, so when viewing, viewer discretion is advised. Also, it would mean the world to me if you, my loyal listeners, would be willing to share this podcast with your friends and families and leave a review about the podcast on whichever streaming service you listen to your podcast on. The reviews will help me to grow my audience to reach my listeners in other states so they can enjoy the podcast as all of you do. Now let's get into the case. Between 2001 and 2006, at least 19 young girls disappeared off the streets of Albuquerque, New Mexico. Most of them were Latina sex workers in their 20s, and for years no one knew what happened to them. The victims' loved ones didn't know if they were dead or missing because they chose to leave. However, in February of 2009, this all changed. An Albuquerque resident named Christine Ross was walking her dog, Ruka, on the West Mesa area and made a horrifying discovery. What Christine Ross discovered was a bone resembling a human femur bone sticking out of the ground. She immediately went and called the Albuquerque Police Department, APD from now on. When investigators arrived and started digging into the site on the West Mesa near 118th Street Southwest, they discovered that there wasn't just one body buried there. When it was all said and done, there were remains from 11 different people discovered. Investigators took over a year excavating all the bones and it ended up being 11 girls and young women and one fetus. The grouping of the burial site was almost like a mass grave because all the victims were buried in the same vicinity and investigators thought this suggested a serial killer or killers later dubbed the West Mesa bone collector was responsible for all the murders. Investigators speculate the bones were becoming exposed because the housing crisis of 2008 halted the building of nearby housing developments. After neighbors complained of flooding from the West Mesa site due to the burial of the natural arroyo, the development had to build a retention wall to channel the stormwater to a retention pond built in the approximate area of the burial site, inadvertently exposing the bones to the surface. And so it began. In the decades since the remains being found, investigators still have no idea who is responsible for the 11 murders, and they believe the killer is also responsible for the disappearance of the other eight women who disappeared during the height of the West Mesa Bone Collector's killing spree. This case hit me really hard when I was researching it. None of these beautiful young women deserve to be kidnapped, 
raped, and murdered the way they were. And on top of that, investigators still have not named one person of interest. This case literally blows my mind. The serial killer committed these crimes in recent time where in 2001 to 2006, there was already some advancement in technology used by law enforcement. The killer or killers still have never been caught and no DNA from any suspect were found on any of the set of remains. 19 women disappear. 11 of them were found buried together in a sort of mass grave that probably would have never been unearthed, but by some divine intervention. And that's when everything changed. As I stated earlier, between 2001 and 2006, 19 young women who were known drug users and prostitutes just disappeared. And let me make this clear right now. I am not talking down on or about women who work in the sex industry. Everyone needs money to live, but most jobs don't allow you to make enough money working a normal job. I will never knock anyone's hustle in how they provide for themselves or their loved ones, and those are facts. Families and friends of the missing women were searching and waiting every day to hear from or see their missing loved one, not being able to do much of anything but wait. Then, in 2009, Albuquerque, New Mexico resident Christine Ross was walking her dog in the undeveloped area on the West Mesa within the city limit. What's crazy is there are satellite images of the West Mesa area that were taken between the years of 2003 and 2005 that show tire tracks and patches of disturbed soil. The disturbed areas of dirt from the satellite images are the exact spots where the remains were found. By 2006, new housing developments were about to be built in the specific area, so construction workers were leveling the ground on the West Mesa to start the development. In 2008, however, the housing market collapsed, and as a result, the building of the developments were halted before the developments could be finished. When all the construction workers cleared out, other residents around the West Mesa complained about the flooding at the dug-up site. The house developer ended up building a retention wall to help control flooding by redirecting the water into a retention pond. The workers inadvertently uncovered the mass burial site. Eleven bodies and one unborn fetus were discovered. However, as many as 19 women had gone missing during this time. The majority of the missing women were Latina sex workers in their 20s, and no one knows what had happened to any of them. Investigators started digging in the West Mesa. They learned all the missing women were killed the same way and then being buried in the same vicinity. Investigators determined that they were all killed by a serial killer, which they later dubbed the West Mesa Bone Collector. Of the 11 women that were unearthed, only one of them, a 15-year-old named Jamie Barella, was not a sex worker. She was last seen with her 27-year-old cousin, Evelyn Salazar, who was a sex worker, and her remains were also found in the mass grave. Residents of Albuquerque, New Mexico, were shocked by the discovery of the 11 women in 2009 because no one had any idea that so many girls and women were missing. The families of the victims did report their loved ones missing, but since they were known drug users and prostitutes, their disappearances were not televised well or covered in the media. Have you ever wanted to start your own podcast but don't know how or think it'll be too expensive? With the coronavirus ravaging the world right now, I know firsthand that money is super tight. But guess what? 
Anchor is a free app that lets you create your very own podcast. And the best part, Anchor doesn't charge you to make your podcast. I started my podcast, Secrets in the Desert, a little over a year ago on Anchor, and it is so easy. There are creation tools that allow you to record, edit, and publish your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor also distributes your podcast for you, and my podcast is currently streaming on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public, just to name a few. And of course, on the Anchor app and Anchor.fm. You can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, so the more listeners you get, the more money you make. It's everything you need to make a great podcast all in one place. So if you want to make a great podcast very easily, download the free Anchor app in your app store or go to Anchor.fm. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started on your free podcast today. And yes, it's that easy. The remains discovered in 2009 were identified as those of the following women and girls, all of whom disappeared between 2001 and 2005. Jamie Barella, 15. Monica Candelaria, 22. Victoria Chavez, 26. Virginia Cloven, 24, Selenia Edwards, 15, Cinnamon Elks, 32, Doreen Marquez, 24, Julie Nieto, 24, Veronica Romero, 28, Evelyn Salazar, 27, Michelle Valdez, 22. The fetus remains were found next to Michelle Valdez's remains, so investigators determined that Michelle Valdez was pregnant when she was killed, of course, the baby so died. According to aerial satellite photos, the last victim was buried in 2005. APD detective Ida Lopez began gathering a list of missing women in 2005. All 11 victims were on Ida Lopez's list. 15-year-old Jamie Barella's remains were identified by using DNA evidence forensic experts were able to identify. She was last seen at a family gathering in April 2004. Jamie and her cousin Evelyn Salazar, who was also confirmed to be a victim of the West Mesa Bone Collector, had left the family's gathering and went to a park near San Mateo in Gibson Southeast in Albuquerque. Neither women were ever seen again. Jamie Barella was one of the only victims who was not connected to either prostitution or drug use. She was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. So yes, this particular disappearance was two times the pain as Jamie's cousin, Evelyn Salazar, 27, also disappeared after leaving their joint family function. Like, this case has me so mindfucked. That all these women disappeared one after the other, some even in pairs, and still nothing in the media even mentioned the cases until the missing women's bodies were found buried in the West Mesa. In the middle of a half-built subdivision of family homes. That's like some poltergeist shit, like super scary to think about. (laughs) As I was saying, Jamie's cousin Evelyn Salazar ended up being missing at the same time as Jamie, DNA evidence taken from one of the sets of remains were confirmed to be Evelyn, Salazar's remains. Evelyn was a known, frequent drug user and prostitute, but no matter what, they are still humans. Somebody's mother, daughter, sister, cousin, friend, whatever they may be. 
They have people who love them and try to help. Victims' families were all devastated. I mean, this devastates me and I have no connection to this, but through wanting to share their stories because they were loved and they mattered. When sheriff deputies began investigating Monica Condelaria's disappearance, they were told by her friends that she had been killed and buried on the Mesa. Of course, investigators couldn't take them from just their words, so they went in a different direction. Come to find out, Monica Condelaria's friends were 100% right because her body was one that was positively identified from the remains found in the West Mesa. Monica was last seen near Atrisco and Central in Southwest Albuquerque. Of course, since the investigation wasn't going anywhere, they had to try and shade Monica Candelaria by releasing a statement saying she, Monica Candelaria, was living a high-risk lifestyle and had gang ties. They also made it known that she had been convicted of prostitution, even though it was only once. Another set of remains that were identified the lab were that of 26-year-old Victoria Chavez. Victoria's remains were found before the public learned that all the missing women were all killed by a serial killer. All these 19 families had family members missing and no one put it together that, hmm, maybe there's a serial killer on the loose. Let's warn the community to try it and save some lives. Like, what the fuck were these cops thinking? I've never worked in law enforcement, but geez, I mean, I feel that it's common sense. You don't need a special degree to put two and two together. This case has me so mad. I'm so sorry. Let me get out of my feelings a little bit. <laughs> After Victoria Chavez's remains were positively identified, her stepfather, Ambrose said, to have them come and knock on my door, I was devastated. I never thought it would end like this. I just had that hope. Victoria Chavez's mother had reported her missing in March of 2005 after not hearing from her for a whole year. Her mother didn't think anything was wrong at first because her daughter was a known drug addict and prostitute but said she would still see her from the time, talk to her every now and again. After a whole year of nothing, that's when she decided to report Veronica missing. Now, the next victim whose remains were positively identified in the West Mesa mass grave was 24-year-old Virginia Cloven. She was reported missing in 2004 by her father, Robert Cloven, and her remains were positively identified on November 17, 2009. Virginia's case is pretty sad, not saying that all the victims didn't live tragic lives, but Virginia's is, a whole, is on a whole other level. This is how Virginia's father, Robert, remembers her life. She grew up in a small trailer heated by wood-burning stoves in Las Chavez, New Mexico. She was funny, loved doing her makeup, and was a favorite at school. Then tragedy struck, and Virginia was in high school when her brother was shot and killed in a homicide that would later be ruled self-defense. A week later, Virginia Cloven ran away at the age of 17. This was when she went on a path of drug addiction and prostitution. She would never really recover or stay sober, which in turn made her life a hard one. Around June of 2004, Victoria with her a new boyfriend who was just released from prison and was going to marry him. Since that June day in 2004, no one had heard from her or seen her. She just vanished. Her remains, like I said, were positively identified as one of the 11 
different sets of remains discovered in the West Mesa. Next set of remains were those of 15-year-old Selenia Edwards. Selenia did apart from the other West Mesa victims because she was not a Latina woman, but a 15-year-old African-American girl who was a runaway from foster care in Lawton, Oklahoma. She was not from New Mexico and had no known family. She never knew her father and the last time Selenia saw her mother was at the age of five. Oh my gosh, poor girl. I could never imagine not having any family, especially at the young age of 15. I mean, I graduated high school at 16 and moved in with my now husband at 17. We got married at 19, so I've always had someone, even though he wasn't my biological family. This hurts my heart so bad. Anyway, investigators believe Selenia Edwards may have been a circuit girl, meaning she traveled along the I-40 corridor as a prostitute. They believe that's how she ended up in Albuquerque, New Mexico and became one of the West Mesa bone collectors victims. Police also believe she was traveling with a group of prostitutes because a few months before disappearing, she was released from a jail in Denver, Colorado for prostitution. After Selenia disappeared in Albuquerque, it was believed that the group she was traveling with left and moved on to the next city on the circuit without reporting Selenia missing. That is all that is known about 15-year-old Selenia Edwards. The remains that were identified positively were those of Cinnamon Elks. Cinnamon, who was 32 at the time she went missing, was actually friends with at least three of the other victims of the West Mesa Bone Collector. Gina Michelle Valdez, Victoria Chavez, and Julie Nieto, other three victims Cinnamon was friends with. They too had their remains identified in the mass grave of the West Mesa. Cinnamon was reported missing by her mother, Diana Welm, in August 2004 after not hearing from her on her birthday. It took five years for Diane to find out what really happened to her daughter Cinnamon Elks. Not much else is known about her. Another set of remains that were positively identified by investigators were the remains of 27-year-old Doreen Marcus. Doreen was last seen by was in October of 2003 in Barelas. Like many of the other victims of the West Mesa, Doreen had never been arrested for prostitution, but investigators believe she engaged in it, engaged in it nonetheless. This is because family and friends knew that she was battling an addiction, but yet didn't have a job or stable place to stay. Doreen had two daughters who she was devoted to, but after her boyfriend went to prison, she turned to drugs to cope, leaving her two young daughters with her sister or other family members. Her sister, Julie Gonzalez, said the last time she saw her sister Doreen was when she dropped off her daughters at her house and Julie tried talking to Doreen, trying to convince her to get help, which she refused. She just never came back, Julie told investigators. The next set of remains were I that were identified were the remains of 23-year-old Julie Nieto. Julie was a young mother to her son, but she was there. At 19, Julie started doing drugs and prostituting herself to pay for them. Her mother, Eleanor Griego, tried getting Julie to get treatment, but she never followed through. Eleanor last saw her daughter, Julie, in August of 2004 at her father's house. Julie was there dropping off her son, and she just disappeared after that. 
Julie's disappearance really affected her whole family, but her sister Valerie Nieto took it the hardest. Two years after Julie went missing, Valerie Nieto, her younger sister, was found dead of a drug overdose in a motel room. Their mother, Eleanor, said Valerie took Julie's disappearance hard and couldn't deal with it. That's when Valerie turned to drugs, subsequently overdosing in 2006. Eleanor found out her daughter Julie was one of the girls found in the West Mesa. She is now devoted to raising her grandsons, Julie and Valerie's sons. The next set of remains that were identified from the mass grave were those of Veronica Romero, who was 27 years old when she was reported missing by her family on Valentine's Day of 2004. There isn't much information known about Veronica, but investigators determined she was into drugs and prostitution because she was friends with other West Mesa victims and was found in the mass grave. I don't know why I keep calling it a mass grave. I guess I'll just say in the vicinity of each other because technically they weren't all buried on top of each other family was finally able to lay her to rest in July 2009 after her body was positively identified. The last two sets of remains that were found on the West Mesa those of 22-year-old Michelle Valdez and her unborn fetus. The last time her feather Dan Valdez seen his daughter Michelle was sometime in late 2004. Dan doesn't remember when Michelle got into drugs, but he knew she was doing them because she started disappearing for days, sometimes a week at a time, which later turned into months. When Michelle did show up to see her family, her father, Dan, and her daughter, mostly, he would give her small amounts of money, even though he knew she would spend the money on drugs in the hopes that she would show back up again. And because he didn't want her prostituting herself to get money for drugs she, since she had been arrested and convicted of prostitution once. But eventually, Michelle stopped showing up altogether. Dan Valdez reported Michelle missing in February of 2005. Michelle's remains were the second to be identified in late February of 2009 after investigators started digging for bodies in the West Mesa. They also discovered the remains of Michelle's four-month-old unborn baby. As the years passed and more women were disappearing, Dan Valdez became a kind of spokesperson for the victims' families. He was very involved in the search for the victims. In 2014, Dan was diagnosed with cancer and liver problems. He passed away in late January of 2015. Right before his death, Dan Valdez said he was still patiently waiting for police to catch his daughter and grandchild's killer but he would never be able to see justice for her daughter, Michelle, Valdez, or any of the other West Mesa victims. So this is the order in which the 11 victims of the West Mesa bone collector positively identified. The first victim that was positively identified was Veronica Romero. Second victim to be identified were, were those of Michelle Valdez and her fetus. The third victim to be identified was Cinnamon Elks. The fourth victim was identified to be Julie Nieto. The fifth victim to be identified was Monica Candelaria. The sixth victim was Victoria Chavez. The seventh victim 
identified was Doreen Marcus. The eighth victim identified was Selenia Edwards. The ninth victim was identified as Virginia Cloven. The tenth victim to be identified was Evelyn Salazar. And the eleventh remains that were ID'd were those of Jamie Barella. To this day, the APD has still not identified a suspect. However, throughout the investigation, the Albuquerque Police Department released the names of two persons of interest, Joseph Blea and Lorenzo Montoya. Blea is serving time in prison for an unrelated crimes and Montoya was killed in 2006 when attempting to move a body of a woman he was suspected of murdering. Joseph Blea caught the attention of investigators almost immediately after the first remains of the West Mesa victims were discovered. April Gillen, Blea's first wife, contacted police seven days after the discovery of the femur bone on the West Mesa and said she thought police should look into him. Police had already known a lot about Blea because of the other crimes he committed. Joseph Blea is currently serving a 90-year prison sentence after he was convicted of four sexual assaults unrelated to the West Mesa case. He's faced other sex-related crimes as well, including accusations that he raped a 14-year-old girl he knew with a screwdriver. That case was later dropped. Blea's DNA was also found on a prostitute left dead on a curb in 1985. He, was, he has never been charged in this case, though. Police knew Joseph Blea even before many of the allegations surfaced. They had run across him more than 130 times between 1990 and 2009, and many of those encounters were along the East Central Corridor known for prostitution and drugs. It's an area many of the West Mesa victims frequented. In the weeks after the victim's remains were found, detectives with a repeat offender project tailed Blea for four days as he appeared to stalk prostitutes on the stroll. About eight months after the West Mesa murders, investigation began. Detectives searched Blea's home and found women's jewelry and underwear. His wife, Cheryl Blea, told investigators that Joseph enjoyed wearing women's underwear when having sex. What the actual fuck? That would have been a huge red flag for me. I would have stayed away, not go on to marry his psycho ass. Cheryl also claimed that she sometimes found women's jewelry that didn't belong to her or her daughter. And her daughter found women's underwear hidden in the shed of their In a 2015 interview, Robert Cloven, who was the father of West Mesa victim Virginia Cloven, said some of the families had noticed that some of the women's jewelry was missing. Investigators won't confirm or deny if the jewelry and underwear found during the search of Blea's home matched any of the victims' DNA since the West Mesa murders is an open and ongoing case. Blea reportedly talked about the West Mesa case with others even going as far as telling a former cellmate that he knew the victims because he paid them for sex acts, even punching one of the victims when she tried taking his money. Most of the evidence that was collected from the search of Blea's home is circumstantial, but there is one piece of physical evidence 
investigators believe may tie him to the crime. When officers digging up the west, the a plant tag for a spearmint juniper was found in remains. Detectives trace that tree tag to a nursery in California that sends plants to Albuquerque, and Blea's business records indicate he bought from nurseries that sold the California plants. It's unclear if the investigators were able to directly tie the tree tag back to Joseph Blea. This piece of evidence could blow this case wide open. So the next person of interest that investigators named was Lorenzo Montoya. When Montoya was killed in 2006, the bodies of the West Mesa victims had not been found yet. The reason Lorenzo was being looked into for the West Mesa murders was because he was already being looked into in connection to other prostitutes who had gone missing from the city. Montoya, like Joseph Blea, cruised the East Central Corridor and was known to be very violent with other prostitutes. His first prostitution-related crime was in 1998 when he picked up an undercover detective who was posing as a prostitute. He offered to pay her $40 and she took him to a motel room near Washington and Central where he was arrested. This arrest didn't deter Montoya though. In 1999, vice detectives watched him pick up a prostitute on Central and followed him to a dark, dead-end road. Vice detectives believe they caught him in the act of trying to rape and strangle her. Montoya claimed he never planned to pay her and only had $2 in his wallet. He was arrested, but the charges were eventually dropped because of the victim not going through with charges. By the time 2003 came along, Montoya already had a history of violence, including domestic violence against his girlfriend. She claimed Lorenzo Montoya repeatedly beat her and did gross things to her, even though she, would, she wouldn't go into detail about the gross things he did. She even claimed Montoya threatened to kill her and bury her in lime. This statement from his girlfriend may shed light on Montoya's last crime. In December of 2006, he invited an escort to his mobile home and killed her. The victim was bound by the ankles, knees, and wrists with duct tape and cords. When the woman's boyfriend came to check on her after she stopped responding, he seen the murder scene and ended up shooting and killing Montoya. The victim's body was found outside Montoya's mobile home partially wrapped in a blanket. Her legs and wrists were wrapped in duct tape and a thick layer was wrapped around her neck. An unrolled condom, a pillowcase, and the woman's belongings were in a trash bag in the trunk of Montoya's rental car. Two years after Lorenzo Montoya was killed, the remains of the West Mesa victims were found. Montoya was immediately a potential suspect but investigators have never detailed conclusive evidence tying him to the West Mesa murders. Montoya's living room carpet was tested for DNA of all the victims found on the West Mesa, but it came back negative. They also didn't uncover anything suspicious in his financial records around the time that the women went missing. 
are misconceptions that there are only two persons of interest, but Albuquerque Police Department wants to emphasize that there are more suspects out there they want to consider. While other people have not been named, APD is continually looking and checking into all leads and potential suspects. There just haven't been any solid hits. The Albuquerque Police Department has gone through several leadership changes throughout this case, but now one of the original detectives on the case is the new police chief, so there is hope from the public that his time working on the case will inspire his passion for putting more time into this case. As the case has remained opened, Albuquerque Police Department has also invested has also invested in new technology to make their findings easier to store and find. Detectives are currently looking for leads and would like to know more about the victims. Detectives are currently looking for leads and would like to know more about the victims. They also want to hear from women who may have been working the streets of Albuquerque between 2001 and 2005, or anyone who may have solicited the victims during that period of time. A reward for up to $100,000 is being offered for information leading to the arrest and conviction of the person or persons responsible for the West Mesa murders. Anyone with information concerning the victims and or potential suspects is asked to call the 118th Street Task Force at 1-877-765-8273 or 505-768-2450. Crime Stoppers can also be called as well at 505-843-STOP can also email any information to Detective Denise Myers at dmyers at cabq.gov or Investigator Ida Lopez at ilopez at cabq.gov. I really hope the case of the West Mesa murders gets some kind of closure soon even if it's just like a small break in the case. Our technology is much more advanced now than it was back in 2009, so hopefully something pans out. Once again, thank you for listening to episode 5 of Secrets in the Desert, The Long List. Join me next time as I will be discussing the Carly Martinez entitled A Night on the Town. I actually have a close relationship to this case that will blow your mind so you don't want to miss it. I'm your host, Titi Jimenez, signing off. Until next time, my friends.